This morning I got a picture on the screen, and actually that's a picture of my friend Pastor Leroy uh, in Scott's Bluff Tuck. And I'm in a Facebook group on, um, on Facebook, imagine that. It's called Nebraska Through the Lens, and it's where people post pictures uh, that they've come across. And he posted this picture there on there the other day, and uh, he said it's a picture of uh, Yellow's Goat's Beard, I guess is the name of the plant. My, I call it a giant dandelion because that's what it looks like to me. Um, anyway, what I call it is weed. <laughs> so uh, I'm not usually stopping to take pictures of weeds. Uh, anyway, Pastor, uh, Pastor Leroy, he took this picture, he posted it, and I think it was like 1,800 people liked the picture. And uh, I forget how many, like 50, 60 people shared it on their pages. And he said he had people contacting him, asking him if he could buy the picture from them so they could use it uh, for whatever they use these things for. Anyway, all this stuff, and all the time I'm thinking, it's a weed. Right? I mean, it's a stinking weed that I don't want to see in my yard. If I see it, I'm spraying it or I'm pulling it. He's stopping and taking a picture of it. And as I processed this whole scenario, God brought me to a place that I believe that we're going to spend in our, in, our, in our church in the next few weeks, it's this whole idea of perspective. Like, how can I look at something and see a weed, and he look at something and see something that people want to buy? Sometimes it's all a matter of perspective. And there's so many things in Scripture, there's so many ideas in, in the New Testament and, uh, about Jesus Christ that, that sometimes we just need to stop and maybe look at it a little bit differently. We need our perspective to be changed so we can see the beauty that, I mean, that really is, it's a pretty remarkable picture when you look at it. I mean, it's kind of cool, how, I mean, it's like little tufts of happiness or whatever i mean seriously like all of a sudden but but because of perspective because i i don't take the time to stop or because i'm so big whatever it is i'm so uh, acclimated to that being a weed i've never stopped to admire or look at or even investigate what might truly be there i believe that that god is is getting ready to take our church on a journey just through perspective How are you looking at things versus how God would desire you to see them? There's so many weeds that we see. There's so many things that that, that we experience and we just perceive them to to be nuisance or trouble or issues or whatever else. And, and, And I believe that if we can change our perspective... The way that we look at these different things that God can bring a, 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 a new understanding or even a beautiful result if we're willing just to stop for a moment and look through His lens or look through the lens of, of His words. We're looking through the lens of, of Pastor Leroy, but maybe we need to look through the lens uh, of the Word of God just to see how or what He's revealing to us. I talk about perspective. We're going to be in Acts chapter 3 this morning looking at a story that I'm sure most of us have read. 
Uh, Acts chapter 3, I'm, I'm going to read quite a bit, verses 1 through, I think, about 16 of this chapter. But, but as we look at these verses, I think it's important that we allow a new perspective. I'm going to pray, Father, we thank you this morning that we're here in your house. We thank you that we can gather together and we can experience you this day. God, I pray for everyone in this room. I pray for our, our eyes, our ears, our, our hearts, our minds, that they would just be submitted to you. That we would yield them to you, the distractions, what needs to be done, the things that were done yesterday, whatever it might be, God, that, that in these next few moments we can set that all aside and listen to what you desire to speak to us this day. Holy Spirit, I submit myself to you. I pray you would use me. You would use the words that come from my mouth to speak the truth that you desire for us to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. It says in, in Acts chapter 3, One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, about three in the afternoon. A man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John, and Peter said, Look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk, and he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit uh, begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if uh, by our own power or godliness has made, we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the God of our fathers has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed. You disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see now and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him as you all or as you can all see what is happening in this story i mean that's quite a long story uh it's quite a bit uh to process it's a story we've heard peter and john they're walking into the temple right this verse starts acts acts chapter 3 verse 1 as peter and john were walking to the temple this is not uh, a major point of my sermon but just a point of life we all need a John or a Peter. They were walking together. They had someone to, to walk with. There was someone to do life with. They were walking together to the temple. And then what happens? A man who was lame from birth, right? What is that telling us? This man's circumstance had been the same since he was born. 
It wasn't someone who tripped on the way and, 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 and maybe had a problem. This was someone whose entire identity up until this point was being lame from birth. He could not walk from the time he was born. He was a man now. So that's at least 18 years, right? Some of you say it's got to be more like 30. I get it. <laughs> that's the situation. He was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from the people who were going into the courts. This is not a, a new thing. Why do we know this? Because everyone recognizes this man. But like he was sitting on the front porch this Sunday when you came into church, you're out by the parking lot, when you drove into the parking lot, that every Sunday when you came here, you saw him sitting there. This wasn't a mystery to people. This wasn't something that they didn't, didn't know about. This man was recognized by everyone who'd been into the temple. He was widely known, right? We continue. When he saw Peter and John... Uh, when he saw Peter and John about to enter the temple, he asked them for some money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them attention, expecting to get from something from them. So as is protocol, a beggar asks for money. I mean, this is all really profound stuff, Pastor. Beggar asks for money. He's asking someone, well, you know, he needs to learn a lesson. He doesn't need to ask pastors for money or, you know, I mean, missionaries for money, right? (laughs) He's asking Peter and John. He says, hey, I need some money. What's the problem that Peter and John have? They ain't got no money. They could have sang a country music song. Right? I mean, that's the status of where they're at. That would be what we would call a limitation. There was a common request that was made that in this moment, on this day, he asked Peter and John for something that they did not have. There was no way for them to produce gold or silver. They didn't have it. So they had a choice to make, right? We can look at them and we can say... We can sing our country music song. We ain't got no money. Ain't got no money, honey. I'm so in love with you. I mean, they could have sang the song. They could have gave their excuse. But what did they do? They trusted God in the midst of their limitation. They sang their song. They said, but... Silver and gold we don't have. But I have something greater. You see, their limitation didn't define them. They were defined by what they could do through God. Today, as we, as we spend some time in the Word, as we look at the Word of God, I want to look at this, this idea of limitation. So many people, we love it when we reach our limits, Right? That point where I no longer can. That point where impossibility is before me. We have this this great perspective on limits. I can't wait until I can't lift what what I think I should be able to lift. Or I can't wait until I get to a place where there's a wall before me and I can't go through it. I can't go under it. I can't go around it. I guess, you know what I mean? Like that's our limits. How often do we look at limits from a godly perspective 
How often do we, do we look at our limitation rather than something that defines us? Because you know we often allow limitations to define us, right? That's as far as I can go. Rather than looking at limitations as an opportunity to define us, why don't we look at what God can do in the midst of our limitation? Maybe, just maybe, God is allowing that limit in your life to reveal or to guide or direct you. But we look at limits and we see why we can't. Peter and John looked the limit and they saw what God could. Their limit became a catalyst for, for the revelation of God. And what happened? They go into the temple and what? Everyone follows them. Because everyone recognized the impossibility that was before them. They all knew the dude that sat there and asked for money. They all walked around him. They all talked on their cell phone when they were going to the temple. So they didn't have to acknowledge him. They, they avoided him. Right? But they all saw the impossibility fulfilled. And they even came to Peter and John thinking it was them. Right? Peter and John said, we couldn't do this. It had to come from Jesus Christ. He gave him a little rebuke. Remember the guy you crucified? Yeah, that's the one who did this. But still, he revealed truth. What's your perspective on limitation? How do you view limits? Go ahead. Everybody's going to love my next slide. Go ahead and pull my next slide. I mean, isn't that a beautiful thing right there? The limit of the function of X equals B as X approaches A. What are limits? Mathematics. I got a degree in math. It's one of, one of those things that I enjoy. That's the beginning of calculus right now is limits. What exactly are limits? Well, I've got a definition, and I'm sure as I read this definition, everybody's going to say, all right, I get it. Mathematics, uh, a function and limits. In mathematics, a limit is the value that a function or a sequence approaches as the input approaches some value. Limits are essential to calculus and mathematical analysis in general and are used to define continuity, uh, derivatives, and integrals. Now, you understand what I'm saying. Now, look at the inputs versus outputs, really. It's how far something gets, like where I'm going to approach. So if X is 1, and the if A is 1, and that's what we're approaching, it's, it's where is that going to get to? How far can it go? Because once it gets to 1, it's going to stop. Limits in mathematics in another perspective Let's just say I want to go from here to that light, right? And I say that I'm going to go halfway there every time. So I walk halfway to the light. Okay, now I'm halfway there, right? But my next step is to go halfway there. So I go halfway there. And I, and I just keep going halfway. When will I reach... The light. It's impossible for me to reach the light, right? The limit is somewhere before the light, but I will never reach this light. Can't change the light bulb. There's a point that we come to that we all have to acknowledge. There's a point at which we have limits. I understand God. He doesn't, right? God is omnipotent. He's omniscient. He, he's He's omnipresent, he's all-knowing, he's all-powerful, he, he, he's, he's everywhere. God is the one without limit. But guess what? We all are limited. Correct? Sometimes, 
Don't tell anybody, but I'm hitting a big number this year. I'm going to be 40 years old. Society tells me I'm over the hill, right? Suddenly limits become more and more understandable. The older we get, the more limits we discover. We're no longer young and can do everything. Right? Casey doesn't know what I'm talking about. Scripture is very clear. We all have limits. Job chapter 14. A person's days are numbered. You have decreed the number of his months and have set the limits he cannot exceed. God set limits. There are places where you come to that you cannot exceed, just as people are destined to die once, and after that they face judgment. That's Hebrews chapter 9. We are limited in who we are. We all come to places of limitation in our life. The question becomes not what is your limitation, but what can God do? What is God speaking to you? What does God want to reveal in you through the limitation? I just read, all my days are numbered, correct? That means that we all die, right? That's a limitation, that's an end, that's a stop. But what was God's answer to that limitation? We all might die, but he would give us eternal life through Jesus Christ. You see, there's a kingdom answer to the limitation that's been placed before me. And sometimes when I start to recognize my my uh, mortality... Suddenly looking for God's gift of immortality or God's gift of everlasting life becomes more and more important. That limitation brings me to a place where God's truth can be revealed in me. So because my days are numbered, I want the promise of eternity to be revealed in me. What's your perspective about limitations? I mean, look at Scripture all the time. God uses limited people, right? Moses, he calls him to lead people. What's Moses' problem? Hey, he can't, 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 can't talk. I mean, he stutters. That's Moses' problem. There's a giant that needs to be defeated. Who does God choose to defeat the giant? A shepherd boy, right? He shouldn't be able to do this. It's impossible for him. He wants to spread the gospel in the New Testament and he chooses a man who, who, who Paul, who did what? His, his whole goal was to destroy the church. Those people won't listen to me. They've seen my heart. They know, they probably think I'm tricking them. I'm going to get them to believe so I can kill them, right? I mean, that could have been Paul's limitation. Peter and John are going into the temple and they don't have any gold or silver. But what happens? They trust God in their limitation. Because of their limitation, they turn to the Father. What if I began looking at my limitation not as what I can't do, but as what can God do? Not as a place where this all has to stop, but maybe just the beginning of where I see an incredible move of God in my life. It's not about what I can't do. It's about what God is bringing me to this moment for you. Rather than running from your limits, I have in my notes, start reaching for your Father. 
Graham, I talked about him already. He gets to be another illustration. I can do this in the sanctuary. I will no longer be able to use this, this, this example any longer. Graham has limitations. Some of you may have experienced one of his limitations. There may or may not have been a Sunday morning or two or three or four where you've seen Graham running around with shorts in one hand and his underwear in the other hand because he's convinced he can't pull his pants up after going to the potty. He knows that I mean, he can go to the potty, he can pull him down, he can do his business, but when it comes to being done, the first thing he's that Dad... He knows his limitation. He's realized his limitation. So his immediate response is to call for, well, sometimes. Sometimes he runs around for a little bit. But usually his immediate response is to reach out to his father. What a lesson we can learn from this. Yes, I believe Graham is smart enough to pull his pants up. I believe he is capable But until we get to this breakthrough, I'm going to continue to pull his pants up. Let me tell you, the limitation that you've defined, it's not that that that's a limitation that's his, it's in his mind that he's defined. If you reach out to the Father, I can assure you, he'll get you through that limitation. You know what happened this morning? Rain went potty, and he pulled his pants up. All of a sudden, he realizes he can. He trusted in his father, but now he realizes what he can do. What do you think, Peter Peter and John? I mean, if I'm Peter and John, I'm looking for beggars now. Like, who's begging for money? And someone says, me, and they say, he says, what's your problem? And because they know what God has done, because they've watched God work through their limitations, suddenly they become empowered rather than being defined by the limitation. You think you want to go, uh uh-uh, you need Jesus. They're not afraid to go there. They pray for the sick, they pray for the lame, they pray for the poor. Whatever it is, because they've seen the power of God. Suddenly, their limitation becomes their ministry. Sums their ministry. Suddenly, the the place where they couldn't became the place where God used them miraculously. I don't think they intended to have a revival when they were going to the the temple that day. Right? I don't think that was... they, They set out. But because they got to a point where they experienced the limitation, they reached out to their father and God did something remarkable. There's a story in First Chronicles and there was a famous book that came around about 10, 15 years ago. Jabez, First Corinthians chapter 4. First Chronicles, sorry. I said Old Testament. First Chronicles chapter 4. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to God, to the God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. If you recall, Old Testament names mean something. Right? Your name kind of defined you. Your name kind of was who you were. That was the way it limited you. Jabez's mom, what did she name him? Pain. 
Hey, there's my little pain in the neck. That's who he was. That's what he was defined as. That was his limitation. He was the one who caused mom pain. What happened in his limitation? He said, no, I'm not going to be defined by that limitation. I'm not going to be defined by that expectation. I'm going to let God define me. And so he cries out, bless me, enlarge my territory, let your hand be with me, keep me from harm, so that I'll be what? Free from pain. God help me. I, I, I've been defined as a pain in the. I've been defined as a pain in the neck. That's who I've been called. That's what I've been. That's that's all I've seen. That's all I've become. God, I don't want to be this. I don't want this to define me. I don't want this limitation to be what's there. I want to be something else. And he cries out to his father, and and he asks for his father to do what? Make me free from all pain. Take every bit of this limitation and remove it. Annihilate it. Get rid of it from me. No longer defined by one who causes pain, but in Scripture defined by one who was honorable. We all have limits. Rather than running from your limit, reach to your Father. Because your limit is God's opportunity. Your weed is a masterpiece. Your limit is that opportunity for God to do the incredible. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool. Because I'd be speaking the truth, but I refrain, so no one will think more of me than what's warranted by what I do or say. Or because of these surpassing great revelations, therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh. This is Paul. I was given a limitation. I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it from me, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and in insults and in hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. In the midst of your weakness, you will be made the strongest that you've ever been because you'll no longer trust in yourself but you'll trust in God what God can do in you and through you. Sometimes I have to come to a place where I realize that I can't so I can trust so I can allow God to. I have to get to a place where I realize that Steve is not enough, that myself cannot attain this, and I have to trust in the one who is able. And if it wasn't for the limitation, I don't know that I would ever get to that revelation. If it wasn't for the weakness, I may not realize how much strength I truly need. If it wasn't for the weed, I may not know how beautiful things really can be. Based on perspective. I talked in worship, the end of worship, I stand in all of you. Perspective. How do you see God? 
Sometimes my perspective comes through just that daily whatever, the monotony. I've been there. I've done this. I've experienced this. And sometimes I just need that, that moment of, of clarity, that moment of change of thought. Where I stop trusting me and start realizing who he is. Such confidence, it says in Second Corinthians chapter 2, we have through Christ before God. Not that we're competent in ourselves to claim anything from ourselves, but our competence, it comes from God. My mind is limited. My ways are limited. But, but, but when I trust in God, when I trust in God in the midst of my limitations, suddenly the remarkable happens. Philippians chapter 4, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in every and any situation, whether whether well-fed or hungry, whether living or in plenty. I can do all this how? Not through myself. I can overcome these limitations, whether it's hunger, whether it's need, whether it's want, whether it's being content, whether well, whatever it is, living, however it is, I can be content in this. Why? Because it's not me who has strength, but I can do all things through Him. Through Him. Through Him I can get through this limitation. Through Him, this limitation can be used for a kingdom miracle. Through Him, this limitation can be used to bring kingdom truth or revelation to an entire people. Rather than disdaining, rather than hating, rather than running from, rather than avoiding your limitations, maybe you should embrace your limitation through Him. Second Peter, this is where I'll stop. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He's given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. Having escaped the, the corruption in the, in the world caused by evil desires. You guys can come forward. This morning, I want to talk about limitations from a different perspective. This week, this month, this year, whenever, today, maybe as you face that limitation, stop thinking about how you face that limitation in yourself, but think about your participation in the divine nature. Do you hear what that says? What does that say about you? What does that say about your limitation? It says that, that we have a participation in the divine nature, that we can actually be a part, that we, we can actually be one with the divine nature. So no longer is it me facing my limitation, but it's God who is in me. It's the Spirit of God who's working through me. It's, it's the plans of God that He has made for me. No longer is my limitation about me and what I can't do, but my limitation is about what God can do in the midst of my circumstance. So we have problems. So we face trials. So we come to places that we feel like we can't get through. So we, we have struggles with ourselves. We say, I'm never going to get there. Maybe you won't, but what can God do through you. What can God do in the midst of this? 
You know, there's a confidence that comes. When I know that I'm not facing this trial by myself, there's a confidence that comes. When I see the giant, there's a scripture that says, you can say to this mountain, be moved, and it will be moved. How can I say to any mountain, be moved? I can barely move uh, the, the bounce house. That's not even a mountain. Because I participate in the divine nature. Your limitation is an opportunity to see how great your God truly is. The limitation in your life, that, that wall that maybe you've been coming to, that, that obstacle that maybe you've been facing, that, that void that you just don't have. Maybe. Just maybe that's in your life, not to bring you pain or torment, but to allow you to see what God can do in you and through you. And when God does something remarkable, when God does something incredible, when God does something impossible, guess what? You notice, and so do others. Maybe that limitation is not just for you, but it's for your family. Maybe that limitation is not just for you, but it's for your community. Maybe that limitation, that, that wall, that barrier, that, that, that place of, of there's no way. Maybe it's not. I mean, what would have happened? Don't think it makes the cut if Peter and John come to the beggar and they flip him a gold coin. I don't know that that makes a cut. But because of what God did. Because of where God moved in the midst of the impossibility, suddenly life came. The divine nature was revealed. Perspective. Limitations. God, I I come to you this morning. For all of us gathered here today, God, I pray for those moments those frustrations, those times where we feel like we just can't. And maybe at times, God, we've given up. Maybe at times we've walked away. Maybe at times we just said, forget it. God, I pray for each of us this day that our limitations would not define us, but I would be defined by the divine nature I would be defined by who I am in Jesus Christ. I would be defined by what I can do through Him. I can do all things through Him who gives me strength. My limitation is not going to tell me that I can't get to that light. My limitation is not going to tell me what I can't do, but it's going to show me how God can. My limitation is going to be a guide. Father, I pray for each of us. We talked about the limit, that that our days are numbered. That it's apportioned every one of us to die, Father. I pray, God, that if there's anyone in this room that hasn't received the divine nature, which is salvation that comes through Jesus Christ, which heaven, they, they, we face that obstacle, we fear that obstacle because of what it is, God. I pray that this day, the confession of our mouth, Scripture says if you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. If you confess with your mouth 
I'm sorry, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that we will be saved. God, I pray that that could be our prayer. Were that obstacle, the impossibility, how do I get any life after death? There's no way but through Jesus Christ. Participate in the divine nature. God, the limits, those places, those, those situations, those circumstances where we feel helpless. I pray your nature be revealed in us. We cry out to you, Father. We pray not just for the provision, but for your provision. We pray not just for an answer, but for your answer. God, we pray that this limitation, we pray that this obstacle, we pray that this this wall, that it would be broken, not just for our good, but for the good of your kingdom. God, for whatever need you have for that wall, help us to view it as an opportunity to participate in the divine nature. So we reach out to you. We reach out to our Father, Dad, I need some help. Dad, I'm stuck and I can't do it. And we watch as you do. This morning is as they lead us in just a little chorus, I would encourage you to focus on maybe some limitations, some things that you said, this is the reason why I can't. And if God is speaking to your heart, maybe you already know, maybe you realize when you came in here, this is exactly where I needed to be. And you you want someone to pray with you. As a pastor, I want to be able to pray with you. Pray with you about that limitation. Stand with you. Like I said, every, every Peter needs a John. We need to be together. And if I can come alongside of you and pray with you, and we can reach out to the Father and watch these limitations become opportunities. And watch what He does. The altars are open. Perspective. I hope this week is perspective, that you see the hand of God in those areas that you never did. I hope as we go through this that we start seeing the beauty in what seems so tough. That weeds can become masterpieces because of the eyes of the Father. The Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and grant you his peace. And may you participate in the divine nature in the midst of every limitation in Jesus' name. Amen? Be blessed.